Now, here's your host of Sound Off, Brad Bennett. Well, thank you, Johnny. Yes, we are back with the afternoon edition here now on the Tuesday edition of Sound Off. Kenny, the Duluth Police Department is looking for a little help to identify a suspect in an armed robbery that took place over the weekend at a convenience store here in Duluth. Have you seen the pictures of this guy yet? No, was this the one up at the uh, shortstop at yeah. 13th Avenue yeah. and 9th, 9th Street? That used to be a 7-Eleven back in the day. I have was been, that what it, okay. it was? It was back in the day. I have not seen the photos. No, why? Was their face covered? Well, yeah, well, fairly much. It looks like what he did was he must have had a sweatshirt on underneath. And when he was going to go into the store, he took the sweatshirt, pulled it up, over his face ah. so that his face is showing through part of the head hole. Part of it's covered, but you can tell he's a brown-skinned individual, uh, probably a black male of maybe average height, average weight. He has uh, also some white sweatshirt or something on that's covering most of his skin, although he does have a handgun in his right hand uh, as he enters the convenience store. But I have a feeling they're going to be able to identify this guy fairly fairly easy. Anyway, they're asking uh, people to look at it. It's on the Duluth Police tip line, and uh, they want you to take a look at it. If you have any idea who it is, uh, please let okay. them know. I'm there now. Yeah. Um, you see? It, does this person have a black eye? Well, it does kind of look like that. Either looks like he's... He's brown-skinned, but it looks like he has a black yeah. eye, like he's been punched in the eye or yeah. something. So uh, this that is, might help give him away. Yeah, this has actually been uh, posted on our uh, media partner's webpage, Northern News Now. And okay. uh, that picture is there. And I have a feeling you're right, Brad. It looks like uh, they're going to be able to locate this individual. But i got to tell you, armed robbery to me, I, these people should be put away. I, I think you should get a 10-year minimum for armed robbery. Easily. Easily. Yeah, 10-year minimum. Because you know what? Anything can happen. I mean, somebody could get killed easily. And remember, these are usually young people or people that are working second jobs a lot of times. Yeah. Uh, they're struggling, trying to make ends meet themselves. And then you got some yahoo that comes in that's shook up that's maybe, yeah. who knows, Yeah. you know, uh, and he's got a loaded handgun with him. It wouldn't take much for him to think that you're going for a gun or that you're going to hit a buzzer or whoever, whatever, and end up shooting you. So, yeah, we got to get these kind of people off the street. So I hope somebody knows who this individual is and can put a, a tip line out on yeah. him, help the Duluth. And if you do know this person, what are you doing hanging out with somebody? How, what, what's your connection with him? No, I'm kidding. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> well, maybe you punched him in the eye. Who knows? <laughs> I don't know. Anyway, let's go to a caller. We've got Lee from Cloquet on the line. Uh, Lee, thank you for calling in this afternoon. What's on your uh, What's on your agenda here? Well, I just wanted to throw my two cents worth in on this uh, this discussion you were having regarding the uh, the old central site and the development. I think it's going to be a fabulous development from looking at uh, the plans that I saw in here. Yeah, and, yeah uh, it does. And it'll be a, it'll be an excellent addition to the city. But I, I sort of I, I sort of uh, uh, wanted to point out this this counselor that you were talking about her you know her concerns regarding this uh, uh, tax incremental financing. Right. And when I when I read, read the Duluth News Tribune uh, article about this, we got to remember 
that the the uh, the city wants to i think it's like initially wants to do a 26 million in, in in tiff financing and then later go up to 100 million according to the article but you got to remember okay. that's that's deferred property tax payments that will will be deferred for up to 26 years right so right. so in other words so that deferral will you're still going to have those costs to the city the school districts and the county and yep. and and the problem is part of the what what component of affordable housing are property taxes so that deferral is going to shift onto the individual property owners in in, yeah. in a form of increasing increase the property taxes and i think i think even the state of of, of california if i recall correctly Deferred uh, put a put a, uh, uh, a a stop on tax increment fi- financing because it was really affecting these these local units of governance ability to um, to uh, to have a, 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 a without putting a big burden on the individual property owners. And I, yeah. I know here I, I live in Cloquet, and Carleton County, according to one article I read, has the highest property taxes in in the entire country. Because we do not have the tax base to support yeah. the spending that government wants to do. So I think that's a legitimate concern they have, and and I think that 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 it's too easy to reach for that. And I think you've got you got people that have their hands out on both ends of the income uh, uh, scale. You got yeah. people, you know, wealthy developers, and then you got people that don't have any money all have their hands out to government. So, you know, we really got to balance that out a little bit more appropriately, in my opinion. Well, Lee, you're right on the money. Uh, I remember specifically the 12 years that I spent on the Duluth School District here. Um, Every time a development would come up that was going to be in one of these tax increment districts, they would always come to us to let us know it was going to happen, although we didn't have any, we didn't really have a say on it. But as Lee said, what happens is we knew then that we're not going to get that money for the however long a period the TIF is going to run, whether it's 10 years, 20 years, whatever it is. We're not going to get our portion that would normally go to the school district for that period of time that that TIF is in place. And that's going to affect our ability to be able to uh, not have to go for additional funding, not have to... couple of things. Put, yeah. This developer yeah. has already invested $85 million locally. That doesn't include this project. Okay. Ah. This okay. particular TIF, this is a little different. Uh, this is uh, according. Th- this is a story that Howie Hansen put out after he his conversation with uh, uh, Chief uh, Administrative Officer David Montgomery. The okay. type of TIF being utilized is a pay-go TIF, meaning the risk is primarily on the developer, not the city. The developer must incur the cost and build the infrastructure before being reimbursed by the collection of future property taxes through the issuance of TIF notes. And that's opposed to the way the other TIFs go, where they get the money up front and to the help city with pays the development. For, and the city yeah. pays for infrastructure costs and what have you. So if this is accurate, if I'm reading this accurately, uh, this project may have up to three TIF districts over the phases. 
each of which requires council approval. Um, we, we should get uh, Howie Hansen on if he's got a grip on this. I don't know. I'll try to get a hold of him. But uh, okay, this All Paygo right. tiff. I don't know if this is a a new thing that the city of Duluth is doing, or if they've used these in the past. But like you said, Brad, that land up there has not uh, provided any tax. It's not generated any tax revenue in our lifetime. A, yeah, literally, exactly. It was open land before Central developed it, and then it was a school for forty years. Yep, and and like Lee said, it's going to be a nice property. I mean, I can see, for example, I, I know there's going to be one particular building that's going to be all condominium units. I can see people that are of retirement age that want to get out of their house. They don't want to have to maintain anything, mowing the grass, shoveling snow or anything anymore. And they've got some money coming out of their sale of their home that would very easily be able to go in there and buy a condo unit without having the maintenance costs and have some nice surroundings with the, all the amenities that they're talking about, uh, trails and pavilions and other things that would go on. I, I mean, it's going to be attractive for people to come to. And, and yes, I understand Lee's concerns. There is that concern with TIF money that it takes a long period of time for that money to go in. But I'm I'm kind of interested in this this Pago district, like you talked. I hope we can get Cow can get uh, Howie Hansen on, or uh, you know, how about David Montgomery himself to talk about what these uh, how the TIF districts work, what the difference is between a Pago and a regular TIF district, but. Let's put it let's just put it very bluntly. This development is not going to happen unless there is some uh some incentive coming from the city and the county and if that's in the form of a tiff district, well, then maybe that's the only way it's going to happen. The only way the city can move ahead with this kind of development. Anyway, we've got to take our first break here of our number 2. Uh, let's do that, and then we'll. Well, let me tell you this before we go there, because this is the time of the year, the, the time of the day, anyway, that I get to talk about meat, Kenny, one of my favorite subjects, real go- uh, goodness, honest to goodness meat, and with Valentine's Day coming up here in just a couple of days, you might be thinking, you know, wouldn't it be great if I could get my loved one uh, some lobster tails that we could cook at home, maybe some snow cra- snow crab. Uh, clusters. Well, you know what? They got them all available at B&B Market at the top of the Big Lake Hill in Cloquet, right up there where Lee was calling from. They've got snow crab clusters for nineteen ninety nine a pound. They've got uh, lobster tails, twenty nine ninety nine a pound. They've got scallops. They've got raw shrimp. Oh my God! They got shrimp. They got eight to twelve count shrimp. For twelve ninety nine, they got six to eight count shrimp for sixteen forty nine, and they've got two to four count those big monsters for nineteen ninety nine a pound, and so much more. They've got, you know, the B and B market at the top of the Big Lake Hill is what they refer to as a grocery store. You can buy paper products, uh, toilet paper, uh, napkins. You can buy candy bars. You can buy cereal, milk, all of it. But they specialize in a wonderful, one of the finest meat counters you will find anywhere at the B&B market. So all you got to do is go to Cloquet, 
take a left up the hill or right, whichever way you're coming, where the big American flag is there by Perkins. Go up to the top of that hill. That's the Big Lake Hill. And on your left-hand side, as you get to the top of the hill, you will find B&B Market, the finest, uh, wonderful meat counters anywhere in the Northland right there. And uh, they're open seven days a week, Monday through Friday, six in the morning till seven at night, and Saturday and Sunday from seven in the morning till seven at night. They've got great things for fine dining for Valentine's Day. All the meat that you might need is available at B&B Market. And here's the other thing. You can call them at 218-879-3555 and tell them what you're looking for. If they have to cut it special for you, they're not opposed to that either. B&B Market, great place. We'll be back shortly. KDAL time is 12.26. Bradley, I think we're going to hear from Howie Hansen here, but uh, let's see. uh, Let's give that a little time here. We do have Sean who's calling back. He was the caller at the top of the hour. Oh, yeah, from up in Culver. Yes. Great. Uh, Sean, sorry we weren't able to get you on hour number one, but you've got some time now. Uh, Did you want to talk about the housing deal as well, or what's on your mind? Uh, Well, first of all, we're one of the Quad Cities. Along yeah. with uh, Elborn, Meadowlands, and Zim. <laughs> uh, I want to talk about the, the uh, city of Duluth and St. Louis County uh, snow removal budget. Yes. And it's, I figure it's, it's uh, quite a bit of, uh, there's a lot of money. I figure you know, a couple million dollars, especially after last year. And you think about all the drivers that are plowing and regular time, overtime. And you got all the city uh, sidewalk removal, downtown, all that removals. And I figure it's a lot of money that we're not using. And I hope it gets rebated back to the taxpayers. You know, that's a that's the first time somebody has brought that up, Sean. You're absolutely right. I mean, this we've made fun of the fact, Kenny and I, that this is the winter that was not a winter. And what that means is exactly what Sean was just talking about, is there's been a lot of plowing that wasn't done, a lot of snow removal that didn't have to be done. This was money that was set aside in city budgets. What are they going to do with it now? If they're not spending it, is there going to be a way to rebate this back to the taxpayers? Or are they going to carry it over uh, as a surplus to the next year, which might be much worse of a winter than this year? And maybe that's where uh, maybe that would be the financial good thing to do with the money. But I think he I think Sean raises some good questions, Kenny. There uh, there's a lot of I mean, a lot of businesses had set aside money. I know even myself, I had money set aside to do plowing and snow removal at my property. And I didn't have to spend hardly a dime of it this year. So I've got some excess money laying and. uh, I'm sure somebody, some government entity will figure out how to take it from me. But uh, those budgets are out there and that money is uh, now uh, set aside. Should it should it be carried forward to help cover future expenses or should it be returned to the uh, taxpayers? Oh, we're always going to need that money there for plowing and here in the city of Duluth, salt and sand and you know, oh, there's yeah. maintenance on these uh, this equipment. And this has been a year so far a season rather, that uh, we got a break, man. I, I'm, I'm we not, did. Yeah. Big break. Big, Big break. break. And those piles of salt, 
and sand that we have, they're not being used. That means we've got them stockpiled, and we won't have to spend that much even next season uh, to purchase them, I think. I don't know, but uh, maybe even a former city councilor, Howie Hansen, wants to chime in on that as well. We have him on the phone. But, Brad, can we go to CBS News? Well, you know what? Let's get yes, Howie let's... on, and maybe he can hold, but let's let's get him on and let's get him going here, and then we're going to have to break. Okay. Howie, are you there? Yes, I am. Well, Howie, nice uh, as Kenny's... Nice and warm. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, listen, uh, we do have to take our CBS News break. Can you? Would you mind hanging on with us for a minute or two while we do this? And then I want to bring you back and talk about these TIF districts a little bit, and, and uh, especially the one that was discussed last night that sounds like it's going to be a fairly large development up on the old Central High School site. Can you do that? Yep, I can. I can stick around, and uh, we can shed some uh, candid uh, light on on the issue. And uh, okay, yeah, fantastic. Kind of put it to rest. Put it to rest. Yeah. All right. Thank you very much, Howie Hansen. Uh, we'll be right back with Howie uh, right after this break. KDAL time is twelve thirty three. Twenty five degrees at the National Weather Service in Duluth, and uh, relatively mild. Brad. Can't complain. Yeah, huh? it has been. I mean, all winter long, it's been a relatively mild winter. Well, listen, we're very privileged to have Howie Hansen on the phone with us, uh, mainly because Howie has spent some time on the city council in Duluth, probably knows as much about TIF districts as just about anybody. And our question, Howie, was this project uh, for the former Central High School area is envisioned as about a 1,200 units of mixed rental and home and owned housing, some condo condominium, uh, condominium developments up there as well. But this is all going to be put together by money that has been made available by the developer, but also by TIF districts. And I understand there's a a different type of TIF district. What did you call it, Kenny? What what's it? How we wrote the story, it was a pay-go TIF. Pago. Okay, so explain the difference between a regular TIF district and a Pago TIF district. Well, my under good question. Um, kind of the one of the crux of the matter here. Um, the Pago, my understanding is meaning that uh, it's a it's a buzzword that uh, is not new in a sense, but a new a new buzzword that it uh, that kind of accurately describes how the process works. Meaning that okay. in a in a in a TIF district, uh, Brad Bennett, Kenny Gallagher, and Howie Hansen decide that we're going to build a uh, uh, a hotel, um, and uh, we uh, cannot make the project work financially without this um, emphasis that uh, we, we're short financing, and we need TIF money. It's called the but for test. Um, sure. And and uh, you know it's always arguable. You know in this case uh, we've got a billion dollar or a billionaire whose uh, family is, has identified probably the most prestige or pristine uh, uh, development area in the city of Duluth on top of the hill at the old central new central high school up there. Uh, they're they're smart and uh, they're going to make a lot of money and they're walking around with about a, reportedly a half a half a billion dollars. Uh, in their hand uh, to spend in Duluth. Well, Merry Christmas for Duluth. That just doesn't happen. It's it's been sitting out there for over 13 years as, as the school district has tried to liquidate the 
the uh, the land, and, and finally here we are, eight million dollar profit for the school district. But but to to get to your question is, the the wordage basically means that the in in a tip what tip basically means is the developer Brad Howie and Kenny in my illustration instead of paying the county, the city, and uh, the school district, the people who have their their mitts in the pie for tax dollars, uh, those dollars would instead go back for the public investment uh, that is associated with the project, i.e. the streets, the sewers, the water lines, and all these different things, and it will happen over the course sure. of uh, many, many, many years. So okay. basic, basically, nothing new. Uh, this is what TIP was set up to do, was to help those developers to make that investment. And uh, the uh, again, the county is really the biggest tax loser in it because they gener- they take the highest amount of a, of a tax dollar, uh, I think about 35%. The school district takes another 35%, and then... You know, maybe forty percent. I don't know the exact numbers; they're always liquid. But the, uh, the so these dollars will not go back to uh, those uh, taxing uh, units of government, but instead will go back to pay for that infrastructure improvement. Okay. But the issue okay. is here, specific to this project, is that the, that uh, those tax dollars have never gone back to the county, the school district, and the city because this was a uh, a nonprofit t- tax land, you know, and stuff, you know, a school district property. Right. So there's right. really, it isn't like we're losing any money. We're basically moving forward on a big project. After 30 years, I mean, our, our children and grandchildren in the city of Duluth will, will see major tax uh, receipts 30 years from now. Well, I guess that would be my question, Brad, to Howie as being a former city councilor, uh, being a resident of Duluth, knowing this topic. Uh, you wrote a story on it. What is your yeah. thought on this, Howie? How would you have voted at last night's council meeting? hundred oh, percent endorsement. And I've never, you know, I've always, I'm, I've never really been a big advocate for TIF. You know, there's arguments on both sides of it and stuff like that. Uh, you know, it's, it goes back to that but for issue, you know, and that's where the counselors who have experience really need to dig in and say, uh, you know, would this project happen without it? Well, right. certainly the, uh, the developers got uh, deep pockets, uh, probably could make it happen. They also expect these, these wise national developers, such as this gentleman, uh, expect that you know we got to meet somewhere and we got to be partners in this thing with with units of government. I would 100% support it. It's going to be a great development. It's going to have great housing. The unfortunate thing is, I looked at this, you know, wrote the story and looked at this whole thing was how how naive and uh, embarrassing it almost was for the city of Duluth to tell this family that uh, you know we want you to put in you know, uh, X amount of units of low-income housing in a, in a half-a-billion-dollar development. I mean, it, <laughs> it, it, uh, it, it's just like, you know, really? Really? I mean, <laughs> come on. Let's be professional here. And for that one counselor, the rookie counselor, to basically uh, embarrass our city, in my mind, you know, let's, let's be, let's say, welcome to our town. This is great. You know, you look at the pictures, and you think, is this really happening? 
Yeah. I mean, you know, and, you know, it kind of takes me back, Brad and uh, Kenny, to a few decades ago, a couple decades ago, I think now, when we were going to, we knocked over the old Woodland Middle School, junior high. Remember that? And oh, yes. Everybody's going, sure. And everybody was going, what the heck is this? I remember driving up there with my wife and watching that old building come down and stuff like that. And uh, lo and behold, we had these developers from Stillwater uh, who are going to say we're going to put some high-end housing there? And uh, but look at it now. Look at look at the uh, the Bluestone project. Those those buildings and that uh, economic development, the uh, cottage industry that surrounds with the banks and uh, and all those type of things. That's basically what's going on here, only on steroids. And what you yeah. know, if this thing ten years from now, we're going to look back and say those projects were very similar. Um, somebody really put their their money and, and their investors' money into Duluth. I mean, there aren't people crawling all over uh, to develop in Duluth. Let's be honest here. We are Duluth. No, they're not. We, we love being here, but if, if it's if it's outside of uh, the Seaway Port Authority or healthcare, uh, economic development dollars are very tough to get. And this is one of the, in my mind, one of the greatest development projects that uh, Duluth has seen in a modern era. Uh, it's going to well, be phenomenal. We, uh, phenomenal. Howie, especially, phenomenal. especially because you're talking about a developer that's already invested $85 million locally in Duluth. Uh, so, you know, he's already put money or the development firm has already put money into Duluth. It does have, I, I mean, it, it has real positive uh undertow is that you can do you know i can see i i said it before you came on i can see seniors out there people that have lived their whole life maybe in a home don't want to continue to live in a home they'll look at this uh the the condominium portion of this and they'll say hey i can sell my home and i can move into a brand new condominium where i don't have to snow plow i don't have to cut the grass i don't have to do anything except just enjoy the view out of my window this is this is a real positive thing for the city of Duluth, I think. Absolutely, Brad, and I think you're you're providing a really good service to our community. As you know, when you when you share that enthusiasm and you share the reality of the situation, um, again, you know, it's just embarrassing that we would even make be, add to the conversation about adding some low income housing. We're doing great on low-income housing. We got low-income yes. housing projects growing all over our community, um, all over our community, and we've invested millions and millions and millions during the Emily Larson uh, administration for that piece of it. This is time for for Duluth, in my view, to take those sight lines, to take that very very unique. This is a one one chance at this. This is the most pristine view land available in our community it's a generational project and uh and you're right you're absolutely right brad you're you're seeing it right you're reading it right um the issue is this is our one-time opportunity with a developer that isn't a wannabe developer you know they've got an all pro team they've got great engineers they've got the legal side they've got it all set up The, the ground will be broken this summer this will be one of the greatest uh, economic development, housing, retail developments in Duluth 
uh, ever, maybe. You know, I mean, this this dwarfs yeah. Bluestone. This dwarfs the Miller Hill Mall. This dwarfs oh, yeah. uh, everything. And uh, we're talking about, I mean, as I looked at it and looked at the, the schematics and the architectural renderings and all that, and you look at the the how Duluth has really changed. Remember when we were starting to talk about, well, why are we doing all these bike lanes? You know, but all of a sudden you go down <laughs> in the canal park, you know, and you look at you know, the, the, the the SUVs and in, in the in the hotel parking lots, and about half the cars and SUVs have bikes on it. Bike racks. Like, well, so, let where, me. <laughs> where did this come from? You know, and so yeah. Don, oh, yeah. to his credit, he was ahead of the curb when he started working on those trails and all these different things. You know, our our future is really the lake. That's the big oh, number yeah. one. And number two. The lake, the view, uh, and, and the view, and the view, Howie, from up there on top of that hill is going to be something that people will want to pay for and will want to be part of. Listen, I got to cut you short because I got a spot I got to get into here. But thank you, Howie Hansen, so much for coming on with us and explaining uh, the differences in the TIF a little bit. And I, I think you're spot on with it. Thank you so much, Howie. Appreciate is, it as this always. Is tip, this is what TIF was set up for. And uh, Merry Absolutely. Christmas to Duluth. Merry there you, Christmas. There you go. <laughs> Absolutely. All right. Thanks. Thanks, Howie Hansen. Uh, we have, uh, speaking of uh, great guys that we, uh, that we really appreciate on this show, we have Chris Dahlberg in the studio on his way to, I think, a, a great pizza maybe for lunch. I'm not sure. Maybe a little salad with it uh, down at Pizza Luce. Uh, Chris Dahlberg, attorney at law. Great. Uh, you know, you have built your business here in this community uh, over many, many years of hard work. And you know what uh, kind of things development can do for our city. And uh, so how are you doing today? How are you feeling? I'm great. And first of all, uh, I think kudos to Brad Bennett because uh, you offer the forum where you can get this kind of information that they just put out there. And I, I want to say also kudos to uh, Howie because he has that, that blog that he puts out. And that's uh, you a, lot of, a lot of times the only way I can get news in Duluth. So. I mean, besides your, <laughs> besides your show, so that's good. Um, you know, as to Dahlberg Law Office, I wanted to say, and the number's 218-722-5809. I've been practicing law now for 20 years. I'm I'm slowly figuring out, you know, there's cycles that we go through. So, for example, <laughs> you never can expect much business at deer hunting season. Everything oh, no. everything dies for about two weeks Shuts there. Down. <laughs> oh, it <Yeah>. does <laughs> in this state. Uh, the other thing that's a sad thing that I've found in my practice over the years, about January or February, and maybe there's somebody that's a statistician out there that'll tell me, but the uh, number of deaths, and, may, and maybe it's people that are just holding on through Thanksgiving and Christmas, uh, yeah. but for some reason, and, and maybe they died a little earlier, but people are waiting to get, so we do a lot of probates. Now, all of a sure. sudden, wow, it's breaking open. Uh, today, I have three new estate planning clients that are in today. So wow. uh, it must be we're done with the winter. People want to get it done before summertime. So call the Dahlberg office if you haven't done your wills or your trust. And we've got openings. We've got openings still this week. We've got some openings next week. 218-722-5809. And Dahlberg Law is on that World Wide Web at Dahlberg Law Office. And so also a great show again, though, Brad. 
Thank you. Thank you, Chris. And thank you for your input as well. As always, you've been a great sponsor of keeping us on the air for all these years. So Dahlberg Law, Minnesota and Wisconsin, they can take care of you for your wills and your states either way. So give them a call and get yourself set up. You'll feel much, much better once it's done. Thank you, Chris. Kenny, we better do our Minnesota news. We're getting behind a little bit. We had Howie on, but uh, that's okay. We'll make it up here. Your Twin Ports home for Twins baseball. In the corner. KDAL. KDAL time, 12.53. Yeah, Twins baseball, Brad. You ready for that? Yes, I am ready for that. And it is official now, Kenny, that uh, they are going to be on uh, Bally Sports North for another season. So... If you've been used to seeing them there, they're going to stay there next year. Yeah, at I have least no idea what that is. <laughs> yeah, I know, because you listen to it on the radio. Woo. Now, for the record, from time to time, Twins Baseball does interrupt this program. Yes. And that's going to happen Wednesday. When's the first one? Do you know? Yeah, yeah Wednesday. Yeah. Wednesday, February 28th, the first preseason game. Uh, sound off will be uh, 10 to noon on okay. February 28th. That's also going to affect Let the Sawdust Fly. And I don't know if you've talked to Pete yet. I, I haven't, but I normally we move him to the either the day before or the day after, so we'll probably give him the option. Well, I did to, talk uh, to him, and I said I'll you? talk okay. to Brad, and I guess I'm talking to you now about it. <laughs> and the 29th, he thought the 29th, so the following day, Thursday, would be a day for him to do that. Okay, good. good Let's day. do that then. Let's okay. plan on having him on Thursday. Yep. Yeah, because he gets bumped around a little bit uh, because of this. So. Well, that's not until uh, Wednesday the 28th, so... Uh, what, three weeks from tomorrow? Yeah, that's amazing. Oh, by the way, uh, I am, uh, well, I'll take care of this off the air later. I got I to gotta have one hour on Thursday that I've got to uh, do something. So getting back so. to the city council thing and this uh, resolution yes. for this. Uh, yeah. Uh, it's called the Incline Plaza Development. Now, the incline okay. that used to go from the top of the hill down to the uh, Superior Street wasn't quite right. where central property is. It was a little bit further west, but not far in the general yep. vicinity. So I think it's kind of cool that they're doing that. But we're talking, you know, 12, 1,300 units. The The number changes quite a bit. But last night at the council meeting, Councillor Durwalker, she wanted to table this. That's oh why God. there was this lengthy discussion. And I got to tell you, Brad, President Randorf, uh, Council President Randorf, she said, what more can we say here? We've been talking about this. What more information can you gather that's going yeah. to change how you feel on this? It did not get tabled. They did not al- allow Thank that to happen. God. And, uh, yeah, and they voted. And, again, the vote went down 8-1. Durwalker was a descending vote on that. It, it, there were some other things to that. I, I won't get into all the details, but um, yeah. Durwalker did not start her uh, her tenure off on the council on the right foot, in my estimation. That's yeah. just my personal yeah. information. Yeah. But because uh, th- this, as, as Howie said, this this has the potential to be, without a doubt, maybe the biggest developer. Well, I mean, other than the new hospital downtown. Yeah. You know, it, it, it could be one of the biggest developments in the city of Duluth. And you know, I, I really like that he used this uh, area up there where Tavern on the Hill is, all these other shops, the Bluestone, yeah. and where Woodland uh, Junior High School used to be. Boy, that has been completely transformed, and that was a oh. pretty good example of what this project, 
this uh, incline positive element could become yes. maybe bigger. Oh, I think so. Uh, you know, I think they're looking at uh, uh, like a pavilion there. I think uh, th- that the whole community could come together for Fourth of July for music concerts and all kinds of things. I, I think it's going to be uh, a piece of property that people are going to want to buy or rent to be part of that area. I really do. Well, listen, we're uh, we're quickly running out of time here in hour number two, and we've got so much more. When we do come back with the third hour. Uh, I do want to get into the fact that the Senate has. Do you do you know right now, Kenny, where we sit on our uh, debt clock? Are we at thirty four trillion? Is that yes. where we're at right now? Okay, that's what I thought. Somewhere in that range. So now the Senate last night, or actually early this morning, I guess, passed a bill to give money to the Ukraine, to Israel, to Hong Kong, to where money all over the place, $95 billion. And where are we going to get that money when we're $34 trillion in debt? Well, remember, Brad, remember, Obama had a stash. Oh. Yeah. And now Biden, you know, he, well, he was in on this type of stuff with Obama. So Biden must have a stash. stash. Oh, he's got a stash. Gotta have. Yeah. (laughs) Boy, somebody better have a stash because I'll (laughs) tell you what, this is crazy. Some of this. uh, But we'll talk about it when we come back with our number three. Also, uh, when we get started, because we got Valentine's Day just in a day or two, I'm going to tell you what gifts not to buy for your significant other when we come back with our number three as well. Because this has been determined by a poll of 2,000 Americans what not to buy 